Okay, welcome back to the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast. This is episode 125. Um, we're back from the Tribute World Tour and back to our more regular programming. Um, apologies in, um, for the bad language in the last two episodes. Wasn't it terrible? Um, if you bumped into us at either Toronto or Charlotte, hello. Thanks for listening. Um, and again, apologize to you for our degenerate behavior. But um, this week, back we're back, back to our normal programming, as I say, and we've got... Um, Regular co-host, Mr. Al Henderson here. How you doing, man? Greetings. It's good to find out that I'm not classed as one of your degenerates. <laughs> you That's, are. Uh... I'm just keeping it a secret. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's a shame you didn't make it on Saturday because that got quite degenerate as well. That's quite funny. Um, yes, to the, from, the, uh... from the pictures I saw. From the, yeah. The... Cuvention. Cuvention. <laughs> yeah, it's been good. You've been, oh, you been busy, did, man? Uh, did you... Yeah, I, have. I was going to say, but the, the photo that you sent me of... Um... Tweedledee and I'm in the, the back of the taxi. Um, oh, doing yeah. their, did, did you tell them that I thought they were Judith Chalmers? Yes, she or liked that a lot, uh... actually. I think Sarah's a big fan of Judith Chalmers. <laughs> she, she based her orange skin tone on her. Yeah. Back in the day. Back in the day. You've been busy? What You've been you've been reading much? or? So, um, yeah, I've actually been catching up with the Goon. Ah, right. Or, I, I, I read it as trades. I don't read it as, yeah. as, as floppies. Uh, and I'd, I'd got a little bit behind, um, particularly since it moved away from Dark Horse mm. to, to his own imprint. Um, so I've been been catching up on that and um, forget or reminding myself just how good it is um, as, a, as a sort of funny series that um, has a lot of sort of horror slapstick in it. Yeah, I always think it's one of those things, if, really weirdly, good. if you like Hellboy, you'll like it. I don't know why I think that because they're very different in tone, aren't they? But it's got that sort of horror yeah. thing going on. <laughs> And the, the the most recent trade that of that that I'm reading, it's not actually um, Eric Powell. That, that it's um, Roger Langridge that wrote it, and Mike. Oh, Norton this is right. I remember this now. It. I've read a little bit of this, um, and all of it. Yeah, and it's you know, both Langridge and Norton are, are really good people. So it's you know, working with a really good character. What's what's not to love? That's a good so, matchup. Uh, so, yeah. I think I think that works well for me in my head. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think the last one I properly read or remember was the was it the Chinatown graphic novel they had. Yes, that yes. was that was a good one. I really like that. Yeah, mm. I actually gave away a couple of my mate, a couple of trades to my mate because I got a mate called the Goon. That's his nickname. So I said, "Here you go, have a look at these." So he had one framed for some weird reason. But yeah, so I never get that back again. Um, <laughs> yeah, good. I, I've actually weirdly, and it's a title that I haven't read for thirty years. Just when I've just gone and bought a load of um, turtles trades. You know the hardback collections of the IDW yeah, yeah. series. <laughs> I, I read the the last Ronin and loved it. Have you read that? No, my, my my problem with the turtles is where to start and yeah. how many because there's so many different timelines and, and yeah. restarts and reboots and all that sort of stuff. So I, I I remember reading some of it way back in the nineties, not really getting it at the time because that wasn't wasn't where my head was. Yeah. Um. And and that was reading Eastman and Laird while the cartoon was on as well. So you're kind of again already going. Hang on, this Very is not, different. I'm not going yeah. into this with the expectation. Who's who's the guy in the ski mask? Um, yeah, and all yeah. this sort of stuff. Um, so no, I've never really got into the turtles in a big way. So okay. and, and therefore when you then stand back at it and look at it now, you kind of go, Yeah, that's that's I think that's why I didn't. It, for a slightly different I, I was I read it from about issue three or four, I think. I'm not mm. wealthy enough to have issue one, but I really like that sort of underground feel it had. Uh, and this sort of the way it took the piss out of 
daredevil and stuff, you know, because the foot are obviously yeah. the hand, etc. And um, and I kind of left it there when it all became the cartoons and stuff, and it all went into sort of color UK weekly comics. I thought, no, it's not for me, and I left it. And it's only re- only in the last couple of months that people have been going, oh, the last Ronin is the best, you know, one of the best comics of the year. I thought, well, oh, fuck it, I'm going to try that, and yeah. I absolutely loved it. You, you, you'd actually really like it, man. It's really good. Mm. Um, it's sort of sci-fi epic thing. So I thought, well, I'm going to go back, and they they've got these really nice. Um, library editions i think there's a thing there's 12 of them for the run before that that led up to the last run in so i thought i'm going to give that a go there's some good people involved i'll give it a go so that's that's been that's like my new project um but yeah yeah busy as always that's my problem as well what you've done there is exactly what i would be doing where it's for for something like that where you say oh read this read book 16 or whatever it is and you can suddenly go yeah but then I'm going to want to buy the other 15. You know, know. it's going to be... Yeah. Even, even if if you tell me they're not good and only 16 is good, I'm, I'm the completest. Yeah, you know? you've got to start um, one with that sort of thing, haven't you? I think and, so. Uh, yeah, and that's what, you know, you've got to see. Whoever whoever created Pokemon knew exactly what they were doing. And said, <laughs> yeah. You've got to, got to have them all. It's just us. You know, we, we have that collector mentality. Well, they fucked up with that now. They just reboot everything now, don't you? You oh, can wait a year, don't you? Yeah. yeah. But, well... Yes. Sit it out. Let's not go down that Sit it out. There'll be another bus along. <laughs> but yeah, good. Mm. So, what have you chosen for us to talk about this week, Mr. H? So, it's initially I said a book, but I think it's more become a creator that we're going to be yes. talking about. Um, and that creator is Tom Gold, um, artist who regularly appears in The Guardian and The New Scientist, uh, producing single panel, multi panel um, sort of gag strips, I suppose, yeah. for. for in, in the new scientist um but he's also produced um a couple of graphic novels in his time one called goliath and one called moon cop yes. and um certainly it was goliath i think was where i initially st- yeah i think that's started, when you suggested and then i got moon cop as well balanced. as a bit of research yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and he's just had a kids comic out as well he's had a kids book out he, he does yeah which but, uh, i also have in front of me because I, I thought if we're talking about it, we might pick it up okay uh, which is uh, the little wooden robot and the log princess which has won numerous awards oh, okay. as, um, as a child's book. Um, it's possibly more of an illustrated story than an actual comic. Um, okay, yeah. But I have to say, it's, it's one of these books where I would go, it's beautiful. And it actually, I sometimes look at kids' books and go, where's the value for money of this? There's nothing in <laughs> yeah. here. Um, well, this is one where I'm, I would say, you know what, the story is quite light and easy to follow, as you'd expect for, you know, it, it's probably for the under fives. Right. Um, but the artwork is in, in, in his style and um, it is very fitting and f- fulfilling with regard to how it tells the whole story. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's gone where the money is there, isn't he? I mean, if you if you oh. hear him talk about it, it, it comes from the story that his daughter... Um, when she was very young, could sleep like a log and couldn't be awoken. Mm. And I think that's where it's come from. It's his first children's <laughs> yeah. book. And it's much more colourful. We'll talk about the colour. Definitely going to talk about the colour in a bit. Yes. But it's much yeah. more colourful and, you know, as it's, as it's going to be. For those that haven't seen it, you if you shop in Gosh, you will have seen it because there's been a whole window of it for about six months, I'm going to say, um, just of that book. So they, they obviously know where the money's to be found. So let's yeah, let's let's start off with our, our normal questions. Where did you first discover him, Al? So my my first actual discovery of him was through the Goliath book, um, okay. and again this um, you mentioned Gosh, it would be through Gosh that I got the book because right. it comes with the um, the Gosh tipping plate there. Should I have in front yeah. of me? Um, I actually looked at what year this came out in, which would have been twenty twelve. Oh, that's quite a while away. 
I thought, yeah, it, was, I thought yeah. it was more recent than that, but yeah, 10 years, man. <laughs> it's, it's gone close, it, isn't it? Yeah, so this is the original publication from Which is the hard cover, Quarterly. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that it's been published a couple of times since then, and, and there's there's soft covers and, and yeah, mine's and, the soft cover. It, it yeah. remains in print. So I again, this is one at that point in time where basically I was picking books up from Gosh that had the tipping plate because I, I, the balance for me has always been okay. Gosh might be more expensive than Amazon, but if they're putting a tipping plate in, that's fine. Everything's yeah. you know. Yeah. And some of those, <laughs> that, that some of those, difference. some of those. Book plate tipping plates are nice, aren't they? They're nice bits of art oh, on their own. Yeah, absolutely yeah. lovely. Yeah. Um, so that's how I first got into this. But I also, I think I'd read a review about it, or somebody commented say, you know, this is um, it. It fits one of my big story briefs that I like, which is to look at a story that's perhaps well known, but from a completely different angle. Okay. Yeah. And. So yeah. What, what is yeah? So yeah. what is Goliath? Goliath is the story of David and Goliath, told from the perspective of the giant. Yes. Um, where you know there, there's no story about him actually in the Bible, so you can actually tell whatever you like. And the the basis here is that frankly, all Goliath was was a big lad that worked for the um, for the army <laughs> in admin, but because he was a big lad, they said put him up front. Um, yeah, he preferred a bit of admin, didn't he? And he was a bit of a he was a bit simple, wasn't he? You know. There's, yeah, there's a sequence yeah. at the start of the book where he tries to give someone a pebble he found. You know, yeah, he's not the shrewdest Which, well, of soldiers. Well, you see, I just thought that was a really nice sort of touch to go. Here's me handing over a stone when yeah. that at the end is what what kills him. You know, and all that sort of <laughs> yeah. stuff. It's a nice, nice twist and connect. Um, so that's how I, I first found out about Tom Gold. Beyond that, I started following him online for um, for his uh, short comic strips that he does. He also then. Um, appeared at a uh, signing stroke talk in Edinburgh at a bookshop called Analog that sadly no longer exists. Okay. Um, where the chat that he gave and presentation that he gave that night, even though I'd already started the Penguin by that point, it made me realise what to do and or what I or what I was already doing, even though I didn't know I was doing it myself. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I get you. And it, it's almost like it, a it retrospective influence in a way. In, yeah. entirely that it was yeah. that you know and it was something i was like going, all right i get it now and that you know so it, also, it almost helped me explain what i do with some of my stuff well that was going to um, be my next question alice um mm. when i when i saw this i immediately thought you recommended this because you're there's an i mean that the thing the, the big elephant in the room is what is tom is is he a newspaper strip guy or is he a um a comics guy or now also a children's book guy, because a lot of his influences, we'll talk about in a bit, come from newspaper and New Yorker cartoonists yeah. and stuff like that. And I think I see a little bit of that in you, you know, that 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 gag strip thing with you, you know. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's certainly that, and that, you know, in terms of how he's, he's influenced me. And when he talks about his process, it, it makes sense to me in terms of what, you know what my process is as well okay. and he also and we can go into this in more detail but the 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 way that he lays out his ideas and works through his ideas before he actually gets them to be the finalized thing and the way that he constructs characters and uses iconography rather yeah, than, there's, than there's just building more, characters up. There, definitely um, and you can certainly tell that already with the Goliath, with the Goliath book as well. And if, if you ever see any of his work on, on robots, it's even, even more obvious, where you could cut out some of the characters that are in the book 
and then stick them back together to make the next character in the book. Okay. If that's uh, you know, yeah, I get you. In the you know, so there's there's only in the glass, but you know, the, there's only so many impressions of the head. There's you know, tilts <laughs> yeah. and sides and the eye. Uh, again, what do you do with the eyebrows and all? There's only so many arms that you need to draw. So many types types of legs, so you can actually build up. You know, create a create an alphabet of pieces. Yes. If you will. Well, you'll notice um, that I call, then, I can't remember what I called this this chat tonight. I like to give these Zoom meetings different. Is, is, is it shapes and colors? I think is the yeah. uh, the name of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bit of that. Well, let's well let's put, let me pause mm. you there for a sec, Al, and let's just do his background because I I really want to dive into that a bit because I've got a few theories and perhaps a bit of a devil's advocate question for you when we get to that bit. But so let's just say Tom Gould, um, born 1976 in Aberdeenshire. I understand that's in Scotland. Um, he studied at Edinburgh College of Art and then he studied at the Royal College of Art. So he, he jumped about a couple of different places. Um, he now lives in London. Um, in 2011, he listed his heroes as William Heath Robinson and Gary Larson, obviously from the far side, um, Ros Chast, um, Richard Maguire and Ben Catchaw, who are New Yorker cartoonists. Um, Daniel Klaus um, and Chris Ware. I... I I see some wear in his, his art more than oh, clowns. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, that yeah, uh, clinical definitely. Yeah. The clinical cleanness about it, isn't there, somewhere. Yeah. The the thin, simple lines as well and some of the, the hatching that he does is yeah. to me is very wear in terms of yeah. the, the, the approach. Yeah. Yeah, he certainly lives in the in the world of intricate hatching, doesn't he? Um mm. he's I, I as a as a teenager he was a fan of two thousand AD. Um and a uh, fan very much of Star Wars, but more he liked the toys than the films, I think you've heard him say. Um, I've described him as a jobbing cartoonist and a myriad in a myriad of different publications and publishers of different styles. So he's very much a jobber, isn't he? You know, like you say, he's he's had he's had work in the Observer and the Guardian, um he, he New Scientist, um he was I think he had something in Sounds, was it Sounds or was it um a music yeah. magazine for a while? Way back uh, in the day, yeah. I, I would maybe elevate him slightly. To, to me, a, a jobbing artist would be one that moves around a lot. Okay. He he's been, or he's had a weekly cartoon in the Guardian. Yeah, and he illustrates some of the articles since, as well, doesn't he? Since twenty yeah. since twenty twelve, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you're if you're weekly in the Guardian since twenty twelve, I would I would say that 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 you're a consistent artist. That's a regular then, pay, you know, paycheck, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think he's been in the New Scientist for at least six or seven years as well, if, if not longer, yeah. um, as, as a regular there. So, you know, he, he's more... I've actually got him he's stating... On the, he's on the payroll. I've actually got yeah. him saying he's had a regular job in The Guardian since 2002, going back that far. Right, yeah. So I think you know, that may predate think, the media yeah. stuff he does, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, inter- so, yeah. Inter- interestingly, he says, um, one of the quotes I found, there's, there's a lot of interviews you can find on there. There's quite an extensive comics journal interview with him. He said, I've never been taught comics by anyone. It's all been about reading comics and trying to understand them, which I find, especially I've just moaned to you about comics academia, <laughs> but I find that really interesting. Um, he has, that is variously described as deadpan, pensive, yep. wistful in his approach to comics, um, which I, I kind of think, yes, I do understand that. And and he, and he also states he works in opposites. He uses two unexpected things and he puts them together, which is interesting. Um and he likes playing with genres, which we all can obviously see, especially with sort of spacey machine robot kind of stuff that he's, he seems to be very fond of. Yeah. Um, he doesn't deal in faces, does he, really? He deals in shapes. Is that something I know we were just oh, talking yeah. about? So that's, 
yeah, that's what I'm saying. When he, when he, he operates in what I would call, an, and I, he uses a lot of icons and iconography as, as his approach. Yeah, it's like what so Scott McCloud talks about, isn't it? He talks about that yeah, iconography thing that the comics does so you, well. Yeah. You can strip it down. It's almost he takes that point of view. Saying, what if you strip things down to be the least amount that I can do not, to present the story that needs to get across? And then I can put the detail into the backgrounds or into the the, the, the content around it. So it, it can be a stick man, and he's got a sort of way that he draws a sort of stick man at, at some of these things. And you, but you know exactly what it is, and yeah. he can then create motion with that and, and movement and have two of them talking together by still having that, that view. Um, and then build it up to being set in a library. So suddenly it's these two stick men that are surrounded by hundreds of books, and there's lots and lots of detail in the books and the yeah. you know and the as you say cross hatching of, of all the space that they're in, or it can be you know him with a robot and and again lots and lots of detail that comes with that in terms of how how to get it across. I mean, um, when I I think of him and I I hadn't other than reading his like the odd strip here and there. I'm not a Guardian reader. I occasionally read the New Scientist. You know, the um. It's, it's those gag strips I most recognised him for. But when you said to me, Tom Gould, he's something I hadn't... Two things came to mind. One, he's the darling of you know current British publishing. Yeah. He's, he's very much loved. Um, and two, isn't he the bloke who does sort of strips of weird shapes of things? You know, there's there's that... Um, even Mooncop is, is a joining of a number of, and you know, ge- yeah. geometrical shapes together to make this thing that looks a bit like a spaceman almost, isn't it? You know? I mean, and I, yes. I drew it today to send you a message. Actually, I very, mm. I very much enjoyed drawing that. Yeah, and I think, and, that, and again, this is what ties into my understanding of what I ended up doing with Payne the Gwen. Yeah. A lot of that is about saying, "How do you repeat it?" Yeah, but but repeat it and make it different. So this is the thing: you could draw some of the characters at Mooncop, if you like, twenty times to, to show motion across a page, but actually very consistent with it and a very set because you know that you're operating with the the language of the shapes to actually then tell what needs to be told yeah and i think it, it then allows you to then say right having told the story a bit build the the environment around that to, to to flesh it out and to make it look you know um with more and more detail and, and place it, it's a, you know and again it's the whole thing about saying you know what, what do you place to make the story work yeah rather than you know you shouldn't notice the required art. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it, it you know, it doesn't sometimes make it look very flat. And the way that he approaches, you know, buildings never have roofs and stuff, isn't it? I kind of think line. it's meant to be flat in a way, isn't it? Do yeah. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it, it is it's really good from that perspective. Of, you're right. It, it, it does make, leave you at times thinking this is really, really simple. <laughs> but the point is, and this is where if you ever see some of his sketchbooks and stuff, where he's got pages and pages and pages that are meticulously doodled in, you know, they're wonderful doodle pages. And this this is what he does when he's got to do a lot of the gag strips where he, the way he does gag strips as well, um, particularly for the Guardian piece, it's usually in response to a a letter that's come in from a reader. Right, okay. So he gets, or certainly this was one of the ways that they used to do it. So a letter would come into the literary section of the the Guardian, which would normally these cartoons appear. And so he would get given that nine o'clock on a Monday and have to buy the close of play on Wednesday, submit the cartoon completed back to the Guardian for a publication 
that weekend type thing or whatever the you know quite the term time as well but that means you don't really know what your starting point is <laughs> so he would then go with the starting point with other letters about i don't know books that you take on holiday with you or something like that yeah and he would then go through lots of little ideas and lots of little sketches meticulously laid out in his sketchbook to try and tease out what is the best idea that comes with that or you know and and how do you draw each of those things sort of in a, in a funny sort of way to make it come across um i think one of the ones for example he posted recently to his um uh, instagram uh, was about different ducks where you've got a woman feeding the ducks so clearly there's been something that this is a new scientist one rather now right something about ducks but he's then going right so then you've got a duck statistician a, a duck geographer a duck <laughs> okay. psychologist and it's the woman's feeding them the the, the bread and it's a six panel gag so she's only in the second panel one feeding the, the bread out the other five panels are different types of of a duck all floating around going how much bread is there yeah. where is the bread why do they give us bread is there bread on other planets and is there like is there more to life than bread the duck philosopher <laughs> and again you know what he'll have had is a page on his sketchbook if you're like oh just drawn little ducks little ducks or, or starting off with saying oh how, how do you get or how do you tell the differences between statisticians and psychologists astrophysicists and philosophers and like all right fine and at some point you've gone ducks and how he's linked the two of them together and gone right oh uh, and that, you know, as I say, so the, the drawing ends up looking really simple, but the actual effort to get to theirs is the is the really complex bit. Yeah, so and the saying... ability to tell over without actually, you know, but, but, but that's compression and compression of, of the idea. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say there, man, is it not only does it cut through all the bullshit with the art, you know, and it takes out whatever mm. is extraneous, but it also cuts through all the bullshit with the narrative as well. And just yeah. gives it the, the the ability of having such this simplistic um, comic strip, which you know you probably wouldn't get get away with with say Bernie Wrightson or someone, you know, someone with super detail. Yeah. Is the fact you can just twist it and and, jo- and drop it on its head suddenly to give it that um, that humorous mm. twist almost. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. He's, he, I read a quote of his that said comics have a lightness and are good to make fun of things with, which I think is interesting, especially his style of comicking. Um, yes. Now, Devil's Advocate question incoming. Is it just clever, or does it border onto smug and unfunny? How do you um, think about it? And it's a personal thing, but so there's right, so there's different bits here in that okay. some of the jokes, where it's the gag strips, there is a need to know something before you get there. Okay, right, which is only right if it's in a newspaper, um, I suppose. You know. And and particularly the new scientist as well. You know, yeah. You're really, yeah, yeah. Um, so so for example, again, I'll use this one where um, he he's done one where it's, it 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 it's, it looks like one big strip. It's got four books inside it, right? And it's got uh, novels reworked for a better summer reading. Okay, right. Yeah. And it's it's got a, a Forsyth book, a Hemingway book, a Bronte book, and a Dickens book. So you have to go into that with a little bit of knowing what Forsyth, Hemingway, Bronte yeah. and Dickens are, so that you can go with the, the holiday of the jackal, right. the old man, the old man and the siesta. Yeah. The one I really, when I really like it, Jane, Airbnb, right? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. a, a tale of two city breaks. Now yeah. you could say it's smug because 
Well, if, if you don't know that Hemingway wrote The Old Man in the Sea, then how are you going to get The Old Man in the Siesta as the as the joke? So that is smugish. But really, I'm just saying it's actually it's an intelligent joke. Yeah, now, I think part of it uh, is in the telling of it. I think I find it funny because you're telling me to be fair. But uh, the uh, <laughs> I know what you mean, and I don't. It, it certainly we had this conversation when we did Mad Magazine recently, didn't we? we hmm. It certainly doesn't make me laugh, but it makes occasionally it makes me smile. Um, his okay. gag strips. His longer work has a different effect on me, I think. Oh, entirely. Yeah. Entirely. Okay. He, the, the, with both of the books, he does something with the longer books that I think I, I don't see in many other places. You could argue in both of these books, there's huge sections where nothing happens. Oh, and God, yeah. I've, I've, I've page marked he, a page in Goliath that is just the night sky. Yeah. There's three panels that are just black one after the other. You know? And I think the, the pacing in both of these, you could... I've I read some of the reviews about these people who claim like, oh, nothing happens. And I was like, yeah, but this, this is the whole point. It's about telling, you know, how do you write about waiting? Or how do you write about the desolation of being on the moon? Yeah. How do you write, you know, and get that across where you're just like going, nothing is happening. And I need to, you know, we need to tell you that. And it's in a way that, that just creates pace and builds pathos. But the, also the, alongside that, I think with his longer works, there's an implicit loneliness, I think, there as well. You know? Yes, yeah. In Moon, um, the two that I've read anyway, Moon Cop and Goliath. Mm. Goliath is an in incredibly lonely bloke, and, and the purpose of the Moon Cop story is almost the loneliness of being on the moon almost on his own, you know? Yeah, and, uh, and, and finding friendship at the end. Yeah. The, yeah, I mean, so, so I think there's, there's there's things that he does in the in the Goliath because of us, which is that we're very little's happening, particularly when he's hanging around with his shield bearer. And, you know, as you say, they're, they're waiting on whether or not um, the Israelites will actually send forth a champion. Yeah. Um, the, the, there's bits there where it is you're just sitting around and, you know, and as you see, every now and again, it's dotted in with a line of, oh, look at that rock over there type thing. Yeah, um, it literally is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, again, you're kind of going, it's foreshadowing, so it's funny, but also it's the, yeah, you're sitting around, you, you know that if you are just two of you sitting around and you start going, whatever sort of I spy. There's yeah. some lovely little touches though with with the Goliath because well, which kind of get missed that in, until you sort of study read it like this. The number of panels where he draws Goliath's head outside the panel, not as not in the it, it's oh, cut off. Oh yes, I see what you mean. And yeah. there's some scenes where it's him and the shield bearer talking, and they kind of bounce up and down the panels as to whether or not the shield bearer can be seen in it or. Yeah, you know, in which case he's not seen. You've just got like, the little like, head of the, the head poking out the shield bearer from the bottom of the panel quite a lot, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Versus, and I just love that as a way of kind of showing scale uh, as it. Um, look, there's the, the Goliath story. Everybody knows. Yeah, what's going so, on? I mean, I, I've not. It's it's forty years since I've read anything to do with the Bible, Al. But as I understand it, it's quite a short section, isn't it? Oh, very. In yeah. the in the Bible, this, but. Um, they they riff. He says he's not a religious man, but they riff on this just this moment almost, don't they? Leading up to it, mm. yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's an interesting approach. I found I found it a little dull. I'll be honest with you. I liked it. I didn't like right. it. I suppose is my is my is my very quick um, three star Amazon review for it. But if I, if I might play devil's advocate just quickly with Goliath again, um, I found the color choices extremely dull in it um okay the, so, the brown and black i just 
Yeah, so it's very it's, it's sepia tones for, for yeah. those that are listening. Uh, in, in terms of a lot of the the sort of like and it's single tone coloring. Yeah. Well, yeah, single tone coloring throughout. Kind of what the, does the dark as well. Yeah. Is yeah. it comes from um, from the hatching on top. Now, to me, that just made me feel like I was in the desert. Okay. It gave me a sort of you know, a, a deserty feel. Um, I think it does add over it just being pure black and white. Yes, but I agree. It's, yeah. um it, it, it just helps certain things pop out and sound. But you're right, look, this is a book, I think it's um it, it, in, in cocktail terms, if you like, this is a <laughs> yeah. pure there's a pure alcohol one that you're going to sip on. You know, it's a nice um or or it's a it's a straight whiskey. Yeah. You know, it's it's not something that you're it, it's not got a cocktail umbrella in it it's not got anything like that yeah in terms it's not of a the, daiquiri the is it stuff. let's face right? it yeah yeah and it, it's something to sip and, and and go through and then i say because a lot of it is about saying i don't want to be here and nothing's happening i'm bored can i can i get out of this where do i go next um, it's, it's the story i mean he said it i sometimes feel that the best themes for cartoons are failure and things that are going hmm. wrong and it's the story of a failed person from the very moment you start reading isn't it yeah you know yeah um, and, and as I me re, when I reread it recently, I actually did thoroughly enjoy it for myself. And because there's little things as well, like when he meets the foreigner, and he, he the guy speaks in the, the language yeah. that they can't understand, and he just draws these weird lines in the speech bubble. Yeah. So then they're like going, "Well, what's he saying?" And the, none of them understand him, and they're like, going, "Oh well, just you know." And I just thought that was a really yeah. I'm not um, yeah. I'm not a hater of it, Al. I think I like I like a comic with a sedate pace occasionally. Um, mm. I just found it a little bit too long. I think there's there's a real lag in the him sitting in the rock sections, which I know is intentional, um, but it just seemed to go on for a long time. Um, I, I much preferred Moon Cop. I'll be honest with you. I thought that was the better, the better, the, the one I preferred much more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't not enjoy it. I just it, it's something of a a quick read, isn't it? It's not a long read. Every, oh, no, neither of these books are, are long yeah. in, in terms of their, their depth. I'm just trying to find... When on earth did Moodencop come out? Oh, not sure. Is it not... Is it, I thought it was oh, more recent. Ah, it's inside here. Right. Okay. 2016. 2016 oh, okay. for Moodencop. Yeah, Moodencop's the only one on the table at Gosh, um, if yeah. you're in there, yeah. yeah. So, again, another John and Quarterly. Both these books were published by John yeah. and Quarterly. Or the versions I, I have anyway. I yeah, know, think they might have stuff, different European things. So what, what is Mooncop? Mooncop is about a policeman on the moon. Um, yeah. But this is the moon post being colonised, but then people going... Everyone's got a bit bored with it, haven't they? Obviously everyone <laughs> was excited about yeah. it, and then they've gone, nah, it's a bit boring now. And um, and it's just about this the fact that the policeman has to be there, but no crime's happening because they've very little people left behind and there's no going to happen um and then everything's starting to slowly break down and i love the fact that he tries to leave but rather than let him leave they send him a therapist and then therapist robot (laughs) yeah yeah and the therapist robot then breaks down but again there's lots in here where you know it's him in his um police car shall we say which does look a very um Star Wars, yes, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, the speeder, the speeder thing. Um, but there's, there's I just there's lovely little bits in it, like on I think it's, what did I put it down? page 23. Okay, 
I just love that page of him sort of going across the moon and there's a tree that's been placed, planted on the moon inside a, a big glass dome. sort of glass yeah. dome, you know, like one of these terrarium type things. And it's just a really lovely way of going, there's nothing here. But, oh, by the way, we were here and we, we planted a tree because people wanted to see trees and things. Yeah. And, and, you know, so it's, it's, it's a house plant type thing, but on the moon. Um I mean, I think one I of the reasons I'm more attracted to Mooncop is it's more of a character piece, I think. It, it's um, more okay. soap opery, maybe. I mean, there's there's very few characters in Goliath. This You've got the woman who loses a dog. You've got the robot. You've got the him. You've got the woman he meets. You know, mm. you've, got, you've got the donut robot, you know, this sort of thing. I just, um, it's again, sedate, um, pensive, almost, dare I say, depressive. Um, yes. You know, the, the, this character is this sort of lonely, depressed character wandering around the moon because he's kind of the, one of the last people left left there. Um, yeah. A bit I mean, bleak, a bit, a bit, but a bit funny as well. A bit melancholic. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And a bit as as with Goliath, a bit minimalist as well. You know. Yeah. Now both of them are. Now yeah. this is one of the things I would I'd love to. I know it's not done this way, but you could almost see it this way. Some of the the panels and pages. I'm also looking at number 30, page 39 now, which is the, okay. the dog in the bubble. Yeah, I like um, that. That was good. Going, going for yeah. a walk. Basically, a dog in a hamster ball going for a walk across the yeah. Now, if that page was produced on a, um, a metal sheet as an etching, because of the way that he draws all the, the very thin lines, the thing, you could see that done as an etching on a yeah. on a, an aluminium sheet type thing or something like that, and then do brass rubbings with it. Yeah, and prints from it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I could could certainly see something, and that's that. You know, in terms of his style, because of the some what appears simplistic, the the ability to turn around and say, "Well, look, it, it's it's just done with the the these etching marks and done with the the lines." You can then move it on to that sort of other way, ways of of producing the the outcome. Yeah, it could easily be a but print I, you'd see at LCAF or something, couldn't it? You know, something oh, like that. I think. Yeah. 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 But um, it, we should say for you know, it does end with a, a relatively happy ending. I like the <laughs> ending much more. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I mean, we knew we knew the ending because you know we got a vague grasp of Christianity, but we knew the ending of Goliath, didn't we? But Mooncop kept me guessing. You know, it was, a, it was almost a twist in the tale there, wasn't there? At the end, yeah. Um, he interesting. I was reading about his how he, he how he draws, and he says, "I never draw things big. I always draw them small and then scale them up." Which I thought was quite interesting because, mm. like you've, you've hinted at there, Al, his process is he takes a, he takes a sketchbook and goes for a coffee, and draws yeah. in coffee shops and stuff like that. It's a bit like David, is it David Mamet? He, he, Mamet, he says um, writing in cafes is the only writing in restaurants, and okay. sometimes I, I like to write when I'm out because I hear the voices and I'm amongst stuff. But if I've just got me and my headphones, I'm not I'm not as, as into it when I'm indoors sometimes. And he does that to get inspiration maybe for part of this. And then he upscales it when he gets back in the studio, and which yeah. I think is quite good. Yeah, and you can see mm-hmm. that it, it, he's very careful with his line, I think. He's, it's very, very oh. clean and designed. Um, and, yeah, no, you, you can tell he's got uh, um, a designer background. Yeah, definitely in terms of that. That very precision piece. He reminds me a bit um, of a sort of a mainstream Tim Bird, if you know Tim's work. Um, he's done quite a, st- a lot actually. of stuff with yeah. with Nobrow, uh, with, with um, mm-hmm. um, Avery Hill. Sorry, yeah. There's there's that attraction to the flatness of human speech and humour and banality, and you know, there's you know, 
he could do a comic he could do a comic about anything i'm just trying to think you know the bloke who, who fixes his car every weekend at the in the house next door to me or you know the the, the, the bloke that works in the news agents or you know the, the, he could do a comic about anything like that and his style yeah. has a personality that would carry it through i think yes very much yeah, yeah. And he plays with silence a lot as well, Alan, doesn't he? There's a lot of oh, silence. And, and again, and I think that uh, the weird thing is he plays with silence even in his, his humour strips yeah. and humour piece, um, which you think if it's only one or two panels, how on earth to do that? But uh, it's sometimes because it's it's not the character that's speaking, but it's the the, the line of wording under, underneath it is a sort of thought bubble thing or rather okay. uh, panel, so yeah. It, yeah. you know in, in terms of a sort of speech panel yeah and and that that in itself creates a sort of silence but it's um but yeah no i think i think he could you know he, he, the topics that he covers from his humor stuff there's many of them that you could say well that could expand out into a 50 60 page book if you wanted to in, in yeah. terms of where does this go next yeah i now, think the so key thing there is does that then lose the gag? The gag is bump and done, um, and I think that's where the 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 books the, or the graphic novels and the, the humour work that it's done are, are are quite far apart. Yeah. With this whole thing about the compression of the of the of what's required for the gag strip, versus the fact that when he's done Mooncop and Goliath, some of the things are really stretched to say this is space. This is what you can do, you know. And if you've got that much space, sometimes nothing happens with the space, and that's why I compress in the yeah um, in the humor side. And the, the, I think the two of them are, are really nice sort of bouquets of the two sort of the spectrum of, of how to deliver comics. That's interesting what you say about compress and 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 obviously decompress in that case. Then we'll go back to the silence bit because I want to cover that a bit with you in a minute mm. as well. But okay. the the thing about um, compressing it you can see moon cop could be a four or six panel gag strip you know you yeah. could easily and spoilers coming up you could easily have him typing in how many people are on the planet on the moon and then just two coming up you know you could easily see that as a part of a six panel gag and this is decompressed enough to give it pathos and sadness and personality and and um, character um but it is an idea that to me could almost be a gag strip you know last policeman on the moon there's only two people there so he takes her out on the, the day you know it's like that isn't it you know the bit where he goes to the coffee machine and to get a coffee and a donut and it breaks down and it wants to give him millions of coffees and donuts <laughs> yeah because you know it's like i'm you know and it ends up burning up and he gets none yeah that that again is, is a four panel gag if you like inside the, the actual thing yeah yeah i think you're right yeah it's an interesting and same with goliath you know man that doesn't want to fight keeps going out there doesn't want to do it gets killed have you, you seen know, the bear what are they doing with the bear? I like the bit about the bear. I think that may be my favourite bit where they kept trying to get him to fight a bear. Yeah, I thought that was ideal. I don't know if that's in the Bible or not. I don't know. Um, maybe we should have read the Bible before we started. Well, next episode, Tony and Alan talk the Bible. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the silence and using silence as almost like a beat. So I saw mm -hmm. a quote saying he does it well. Uh, it's as if you hear him differently to a creator like Chris Ware. The silence is in a, a different key, which I found an interesting thing to say. Now, when you're working in um comic strips like you do and I, i've recently experienced it when i've done a short short three page of comics is having a silent panel can be an important part of the gag can't it you know you, uh, you, you can almost you can almost have a penguin looking at the reader can't you and stuff like that um, when you're doing it I, i've done it numerous times yeah yes. yeah so i think playing with silence is is something we don't see a lot in mainstream comics anymore um we almost i, I saw i saw a couple of 
criticisms about comics earlier and it was because there was half the panel was covered in words because it was a an inexperienced writer and i think you can begin to tell people's chops by the use of silence sorry to interrupt you yeah yeah sorry i was gonna say one of the things i think that is though you've got this weird balance that if somebody was to put out a silent batman comic which they did in I'm sure it was Jim Apparel that drew it. I can't remember. Yeah, we had the enough said it, thing in Marvel as well. We had a, a month of silent comics, yeah. And But people would then go, where's my value for money? This one would take me. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and I, I do wonder if with the the reduction in the number of pages in comics, um, yeah, good point. people have got into the habit of saying, well, I would have taken 24 pages to, to do this. I've now got 20 pages. And therefore, you know, what am I going to cut? I'm going to cut some of the silent scenes and um, you know move it along. I'm going to people want pace, people want you know whizzy action and all that sort of stuff. So cut cut the cut the silence bits out that or, or cut the it's not even it's not just about not having word balloons. It's about saying they're you know putting a point in, in there where where Batman's sitting at the computer just staring at it, going, "What does that mean?" You yeah. know, without actually, you know, he doesn't need that as a speech ball, but she just, just, what is yeah. that? Or, or yeah. uh, I'll keep saying what the Batman was, you know, Alfred just cleaning in the house while waiting for Bruce to return. Yeah. You know, something like that where you're like going, Les is just setting the fact that life, you know, in real life, there are times when you have to wait. And, you know, putting putting waiting into the, the piece there is, is right. And it's about doing it at the right times as well. Yeah. I mean, you, you were saying about the gags, putting a panel in the middle where, where nothing is, you know, where it's the, the, the one looking in the mirror. Using the third panel in a three-panel strip is also equal for that, where it's like, leave the gag and then, you know, you know it's that looking out and going, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that what am I doing? What am I saying? I'm almost um, I, I, sorry to just to interrupt you. I was watching an interview with James Khan this week. We lost James Khan, James Khan this week, mm. and I was listening to him talk about um, when he worked with Brando on Godfather, and he said he would because apparently Khan is is hilarious. He's like this really funny actor, and he would tell gags nonstop to lighten the mood on the Godfather, and everyone else got it and then you'd have to go goo like that and then brando would get it after three seconds <laughs> and i just think there's, there's almost that at the end of a storyline where you can like you're just waiting for the reader to get it and if you wait, know wait, timing yeah. you know yeah i love that sort of thing so i think but you're right we don't have as much of that in certainly in the mainstream comics i'm reading um yeah i think that's right yeah i read a few there are, there are people who do it. it um um Oh, it's an Obro book. The John McNaught's book. Oh, Kingdom. Um, yeah, very much Kingdom, so. There's where, a direct line between those two people, I think. I think Kingdom and uh, I think John John and um, Tom, I think there's a lot of yeah. similarities there. Yeah. So, uh, Along he, with Seth he, as well. Yeah, you know, he, he uses a lot of quiet time. And the, you know, in, in the Kingdom, but there's all that whole thing about passing. Um, they're on the train, aren't they? And they it's passing all the, the roofs and like, creating a. Yeah, a, a, a rhythm with that, where again, nothing is happening, but everything is happening, um, yeah. and it's that, that, that demonstration of the passage of time, and and I say uh, that's how you you build build tension and build. build yeah, it's interesting, yeah. and 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 similar to um, McNaught that Tom is is I don't know why, and it's art, so often you can never put your finger on it, but it's a lovely thing to look at as well mm. so having it interrupted by words sometimes isn't necessary and isn't wanted but like you say that dog walking across the landscape in a bubble because it's a space dog 
it doesn't need words on that page, does it? It doesn't need it at all. It's just a lovely image in itself, a nice, clean, one-off image that's lovely to be part of. Um, uh, something with Billy, uh, a quote I've heard Gould talk about is by Billy Wilder as well, and he said, um, "Let the audience add up two two things together; they'll love you forever." Don't, in other words, don't spoon feed things to people. And I think we, the use of silence adds goes to that intention i think there's no there's no point explaining every fucking thing that happens you know mike barron's fond of saying that much quoted show don't tell and i think that's what he's doing here as well you know we don't need yeah and 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 i think that's he does that an awful lot with his with his humor yeah pieces where that's my thing about sometimes you need to know something before you get there to, yeah. to, to, to understand the you know the, the the premise but because it's it's going to, you'll get this joke if you get this joke if you don't you don't that, that that's fine um and it, it to me it's no different than making references to 80s movies and then yeah <laughs> i've got a couple of young kids that start working with me who i'm like oh, the number of references that yeah. i, I yeah. drop where i'm like yep you, you you don't know who that is do you no okay mm. fine keep keep moving um and, yeah, I heard um, someone recently refer to Crisis and Infinite Earths as the golden age of comics. And I was like, oh, probably to them it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the thing, because it's long before they were born. Well, yeah. what is it that uh, 1918 was as far away from 1970 as we are from 1970? Know, or something like that? Yeah, the golden age of comics. <laughs> Whatever the numbers are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the, yeah. and that, that's where I think the, the, some of the show don't tell comes in with him. It's like, I'm going to just leave this with you and you need to think about how do you connect that together with things that you can you know and some of it's about as well about taking an idea and putting it in a place that you don't expect it to be yeah so you know taking a joke about six items or less but actually putting that in a library so you're saying well you understand this from a supermarket yeah you know but what if you had the same sort of thing that happened in a library and you're only allowed to, to have a different queue depending on how many books you were taking out and you know things like that where yeah. you kind of go yeah put put the ideas together in your own head realize that i've taken something that you do understand and put it somewhere that you don't expect it to be yeah and then it suddenly makes sense and we akin to new yorker cartoonists who do that as well i follow a couple of instagram accounts that are old new yorker cartoons you know um and Joe Data, I'm a big fan of his work. He does he does a very similar thing. But there is something very individually British about Tom here, about John McNaught. And also, um, going back a couple of episodes on the ACP, is um Stephen Appleby as well. I'd put them in the same the same area as being mm-hmm. lovely to look at. They have a cleverness, but I don't think it's being smug. I think it's just showing that showing a story well. Uh, and I think yes. all three of them do that. Um, I was playing a bit of devil's advocate with you. I do, no. I, I do occasionally think that you know, if if you're going to play to the crowd, your pub being published sometimes being smug works in the Guardian. <laughs> but there you go. Um, but he does endure, doesn't he, Tom? He is he is the publishing darling um, for the UK. He's certainly spoken about a no brow every so often. His books yeah. are on. We have like a wall of books, you know, that people can dip in and out of, you know, in in their breaks and stuff. And his books are up there. Um, but yeah, I think I think he does endure, doesn't he? He's, he's certainly he's been about for a long time. Do you what? Why do you think that is? Why would you say he's a dude who is he's been in gosh for the last fifteen years? He'll probably be in the gosh for the next fifteen years and in foils and 
stuff like that, you know. So it's it's just accessible. Yeah, it's yeah, that's true. I don't. Yeah. So the I often say this, that the, particularly, and this is why I sometimes even struggle reading Chris Ware's work, where you're like, yeah, going, yes. where am I going? Where's, I need where stronger glasses panel, sometimes. You know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, well, I think. Well, and, and sometimes you say to people, oh, can you read comics? And they go, oh, I don't know how to. And that always amazes me when people say that. And then you actually think, no, there is a technique to reading comics. And there is a technique yeah. to knowing that if, if there's somebody wants to ask me why I wrote the word, why that I wrote the letter Y on so many of my panels. And I'm like going, no, that's just the line that demonstrates which of the two penguins is speaking. Points at the one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah. And I was like, all right. That, that, and it, sometimes it's about just people need to understand that's how a comic works. And I think what Tom manages to do, particularly because he keeps his art style in this this very icon type thing, so you don't need to worry about trying to interpret or, or trying to, you know, you, you understand that it's a man walking that looks like the man from the cross the road sign or, you know, or a green yeah. man or whatever from the thing, type thing. Yeah. You can say, oh, yeah, that's, that's who that is. Therefore, I get immediately what it is. So the the non comic reader can read this stuff and go fully understand how it you know how it hangs together, and where I go next, and how these things piece. Not necessarily picking up on some of the the subtleties and nuances, but that's you know. But they're delivering things that you you don't need. My, my point earlier about drawing Goliath not fitting into the panel, you immediately yeah. just go, oh yeah, he's too big for the panel. You know, you don't yeah. and. It's a, lovely it's a shortcut, yeah. You know, it's a shortcut in your head. You know, people subconsciously go right. Understand that if 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 he's in the panel or he can't fit because everybody else is fitting it, yeah. makes sense. Bang. But that means that as a non-comic reader, suddenly just just get picks up subconsciously, and that's why I think he endures is because people can go, I can read this regardless of whether I understand what comics are or not. Yeah, um, and he's and clever enough to the, see it outside of fucking monthly comics that are over overly weighed down with continuity you know oh, you can just yeah. pick up one of his books as a fun thing you can probably pick it up at most bookshops and you know most blackstones and all these sort of type places yeah. um yeah. but yeah definitely man yeah i think so um so he has got he's got an upcoming one that's the revenge of the librarians again from drawn and quarterly um who he seems to favor quite heavily these days um that's coming out in october and that's a, another collection of his strips so as is common with you know strip guys um newspaper cartoon guys is they if they're thought of well enough they get a little collection every so often and this is his new one so it's it's well worth looking out i think if you just want a little clever little funny little bite of comics every so often be like your strip man you know it's, it's a nice little thing to dip in it's yeah. another toilet read isn't it al there you go very, very much so um yeah. but but let's see what one that you could leave in front of, uh, you could leave it at the, uh, the university toilets. And, uh, the, <laughs> the, We're so middle class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what I would say is, I'll probably find them. They'll, they'll get all the details at uh, www.tomgold.com. But he's also on Instagram. Just as he's well worth a follow on there, isn't he? Because he put stuff and out would, there. Would, yeah. yeah. And he's not one of these people that, that floods you with loads of things, but he's, you know, there's a gag strip every now and again, yeah. um, including his most recent one where it's the. Uh, the dog, sorry, the homework ate my dog, and it's a great big robot with a um, <laughs> oh, I saw that leash yeah. hanging out of yeah. it, and it's a, uh, and so again, this is the connect the things so, that you know everyone's used to the the line of the dog ate my homework, but just to refresh it to that, and then have a 
a line underneath the sort of um, the, the actual comic but saying that the create and train your own combat robot workshop was discontinued after a number of similar <laughs> yeah. incidents and you're like right yeah makes perfect you know and you're like going, you, you, you you've laid that on with very little you know and it's just two stick men talking with a giant robot behind with yeah. a, with his leash sticking out of his mouth yeah yeah but, definitely um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I, I I scrolled through it. I followed him a couple of months ago and scrolled through it um, this weekend. It was very good. Yeah, definitely, man. Good choice. Nice, nice, easy one for this. You said, oh, we'll only have 20 minutes. We've been doing an hour now. <laughs> there you go. That's what always happens. But yeah, good stuff, man. Good choice. Um, I've got a suggestion for you. We're going to talk about it in a minute. But Ooh, um, okay. when we um, normally at the end of the program, we have a little chat about what you're up to. So you must be close now. You must be close. What's I happening? need to draw three more strips. There you go, <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then we will be done with it. And um, so, not forever. We 20... Not forever. Well, no, 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 no. 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 We, we started twenty twenty two with Vision. That was supposed to be our twenty twenty two book, um, <laughs> which led to coincidence that came towards the end of that. Yeah. Then, um, then last year we had Burnout, followed by Master of Nine because yep. that was a typo when we thought we were a Jack of all trades. Um, so you're left asking, what next? Yeah, what's it going to be called? What, 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 what are we calling it this well, one? No, it's, what next? Oh, it is. Oh, it's, that's what it is. There you go. Call me out. Yeah, good one. Oh, that's good. So, yeah. And when, so, so you're going to you're you're yeah. crowdfund that so again, don't you? It will be crowdfunded um, from, let, let, let's say, the beginning of August. It's, okay. I'm, I'm essentially all set up and, and ready to go. It's not long now. Um, so, yeah. Get it crowdfunded out for, for a couple of weeks at the start of, start of August, and then hopefully... Um, all being well, just start posting out come September. If, I'm uh, saying, if I'm saying, funded in, in. funded in six hours. That's what I'm saying this time around. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, take that. I think so. Um, and um, so no, that'll be good from that sort of side. And uh, book sixteen, um, and we wow. of, uh, of <laughs> Penguin books. So, what are you going to uh, What are you going to go up to? Have you decided? Have you got like a Dan Dan Butcher kind of plan? Or so next March will be ten years of Penguin. Okay. And the middle of next year, depending on what three Calvin and Hobbs of you, isn't it? Well, yeah, in the middle of next year will be 2,500 daily strips. Fuck me. In terms of actually doing it. And 10 years and 2,500, they go nice together. It's the kind of go, surely surely that's enough. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, that's how I can tell you're a comic collector as well, that OCD. It gets in there, doesn't I'll try, it? I'll yeah, try yeah. those, those things till I know. Yeah. My only problem is every time I've said in the past, well, when I get to 2,000 strips, that'll be enough. You then suddenly yeah. look and go, oh, but I've got a few more ideas. I'll keep keep going until I run out of ideas. But then you <laughs> said, you know, so, but that, that's, I will at least keep going until next March and do the, the 10th anniversary tour of, uh, of anybody that wants to see me for, for the 10th anniversary. Have you got an idea what yeah. you're going to move on to, what the next project is going to be, or is it going to be shorter projects or? What's it going to be? I really don't know. I mean, you know what? It's to me that's six months away, and so there I've got. Because I know you, you know, had fun writing months. for someone. You had fun writing for Helena last year, didn't you? So I just wonder whether yeah, you'd fun for that. And, then, yeah. and I've written for a couple other people for for tiny wee things as well. Yeah. And I also did did the stuff that was the different approach, uh, or different approaches um, for that comic smell. Um, and I've been yeah. recently trying to to play around with, see what you know. And it, this isn't color and stuff. Just be, you? Yeah, you know, yeah. I was actually trying to say, you know, painting an actual comic strip for a while, and um, which where I, I was basing it on the works of Jethro Tull. Oh, you know, okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> using yeah, yeah. one of his one of his tracks. It's been a while tracks, since I listened to him. 
or them. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get, get the Broadsword album out. I highly recommend it. It's, yeah. um, What's that one, Fat really... Man? What was that song? I remember listening to that. Last mm. time I listened to that was when I drove to Scotland. That's the last Hello. time. I remember listening to it as I was going oh, through the Highlands. Get, yeah, as yeah. thick as a brick. Would be That's one of the ones I've got. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but... Uh, but yeah, so no, that, that but that's me just playing around. That's not actually going anywhere. That's that's just you've got to, you know. As I see, people keep saying to me, "Oh, I can't draw." I keep saying, "Well, no, it's the muscle. You have to work at it." Oh, mate, Some tell me about it. I'm drawing for ages more than others. And then I decided yeah. to involve myself in the ACP um, draw off this week, and mm. um, yeah, it was much harder going than I thought it would be. Yeah, I, I don't mind drawing faces. I can, I can almost get a, get a look, you know, a look of something. But yeah, it took me ages to work that one up today. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Stuff, so well, who knows? Who knows? We'll, Good. We'll and where see. can we get them if we want if we want copies of your books? So at the moment, if you just follow us at Penned Gwyn on any form of social media, you'll you'll just there and the announcement about signing up for the for the Kickstarter will follow imminently. Um when um, when I finally I've got the worst bit of the Kickstarter to go, which is recording the video. <laughs> I look forward to seeing that, but I'll be signing up early. Good stuff, man. Um, if you want to get some of my books, you can get um, Hidden Lives, the new book. You can get um, Hank Fur One, who's in the process of being drawn at the moment, and George Mayhem amongst and Tony Osmond, the Hall Chronicles, are available at um, neverindanythingbigcartel.com. Um, Dirty Basement One, which was quite the hit um, in um, uh, Heroes Con um, a couple of weeks ago, that's gone back to print. So we're just printing some extra ones. So that will be available um, probably the end of next week. Um, which includes the character Cockbiter, who I'm quite I'm quite pleased with, who goes to orgies in Stevenage and bites people on the cock. So it's purely autobiographical. Good stuff. Thanks, Al. Um, I have got a little idea for the next one, so we'll have a, we'll have a, a say goodbye now, and then we'll have a chat after if that's right. But thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. that. Was a good one. Cheers, mate. Listen.